The Lord's just been telling me, I just want you to, I want you to tell them about me. So we're just going to talk about Jesus this morning. Because he's our life. He's our everything. He is the anointed one. Right? And he's here today. And his presence is in our life every day. He is our healer. Yes, he's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. He's the head of the church. But he's my friend. And he's my redeemer. He's the lover of my soul. Right? He's with me. Nothing can separate me from his love. So we're going to believe God for utterance today. you got to realize that Jesus, he is the word of God. He is the word. Revelation 19.13 says his name in the second coming when he comes back to this earth at the end of the tribulation period, at the end of Daniel's 70th week. It says that his name is the Word of God. When you read this Bible, this is not just ink on a page. His Word, Jesus said this, the Word that I speak is spirit and it's life. That's John 6, verse 63. His Word is full of Zoe life. Zoe life is the God kind of life. Isn't it amazing that his word is filled with his life? So as you read your Bible, you are literally receiving his life. Now the thing about the Bible is, you know, I, I don't care how smart you are or think you are, you can't see any of this unless the Holy Spirit reveals it to you. Because what happens if you're just reading, but you don't renew your mind to the Word of God, you'll miss so much. But oh, the Holy Spirit is in the Spirit, man. He dwells with you. He'll be there forever. And His job is to reveal God's Word to you. Right? So we're going to look at some scriptures today. So I think a great place to jump off would be John chapter 1. John chapter 1 in verse 1. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I could tell you this, as it always is, it'll be the word that we need for right now. So we have Jesus' eternal name is the word of God. In John 1.1 it says, In the beginning was the word. Look at this. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. This word, this Greek word with is the Greek word pros, face to face with God. And the word was God. In other words, you'll never be able to separate God from his word. The Holy Spirit will never lead you outside of the guidelines of his word. In his word, you'll find out and know who he is which causes you to know who you are. You can never be strengthened continually with God's strength apart from His Word. Everything flows from the Word. Everything in your life that God produces in your life will be a result of it being produced from the Word of God. It's everything. 
So the foundation of a believer's life is walking and living in a constant revelation of God's Word. It's, it's what's a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path. If I ever need direction in my life, which every one of us need direction in our life every moment of every day, it has to be in line with His Word. So if, if this is not first place, if He is not first place, it's like you're living with blinders on. You'll have all kinds of blind spots in your life, even though you're a child of God and you're born again. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Look at this. The same was in the beginning with God. I wonder if God, the Holy Spirit is inspiring the writer here to let us know that God and His Word are one. It says, All things were made by Him, by who? By Jesus, the Word of God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. All things were made by Him. See, if you go into further into the New Testament, and in the, in, in the book of Mark, it has the parable of the sower. Jesus said when He was on the earth, if you don't understand this parable, you won't be able to understand anything in the Word of God because this is foundational. And you see in that parable that what produces everything still is the Word. What's going to heal your body? The Word. Right? What's going to deliver you out of a mess? The Word of God. What's going to bring the peace and the joy of God out, in, out of your spirit into your life? The Word of God. Everything gets back to the Word, and this is why all hell will try to keep you from getting in the Word of God and making this the foundation of your life. So it goes on to say, in Him, verse 4, in Jesus, in the Word, was life. Zoe, it's Z-O-E. In him was the God quality of life. And this God quality of life, this Zoe, and the life was the light of men. This word light literally means the developer or the development of man. What will develop you, grow you up spiritually, produce spiritual maturity in your life, so that you're able to walk out God's plan for your life fearless, courageous, seizing hold of those things that God has provided for you, what's going to develop you is the Word. Not anything apart from the Word. If you'll notice how powerful worship is here, but the reason why it's powerful is because it's the Word. We're declaring the Word. Worship in itself, what we call worship music in itself, will produce nothing in you unless it's word-based. Because the life of any song is in the word. Does that make sense? 
oh, the beat and all these other things, they will, they, they'll, it'll stir you emotions and stir you. But when it's with the word, it stirs you from the inside out. Anything in the world can only stir you from the outside in. So in, the, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. So what are we talking about? Jump over to John chapter 17. Let's look at verse 3. John chapter 17 in verse 3. So what are we teaching on today? Healing, provision, prosperity, life, wholeness, deliverance, everything. This is an all-inclusive, right? Why? Because we're talking about Jesus. He is everything. He is everything. John 17, 3 says this, and this is life eternal, or we would say, and this is eternal life. Now we know, again, this word life is the Greek word zoe. This is the eternal life of God. You ready? Here it is. It's not going to heaven. I grew up thinking that. Eternal life means going to heaven, but that's not what the word says. And this is eternal life, or life eternal, that they might know thee. Jesus is praying. Let's actually, let's back up to verse 1. These words spoke Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, now this is right before he goes to the cross. He says, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son may glorify you. So now here he goes. As you have given him power over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. Jesus is saying God gave him the power to give people eternal life. Well, who did he give that to? A select few that he chose? No, no, no. God already chose everyone. It's God's will that all be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But God created man with a free will, so man must choose. See, God made the first move, so now the move is ours. So that's why we have to choose life. I chose life and got born again. I have to keep choosing life, right? Well, how do I choose life? I choose the word. I live by the word. To walk in it. So this is life eternal, that they might know thee. Talking, Jesus is saying, Father, life eternal is that they might know you and, or actually let me read it right, you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. In other words, eternal life is knowing God. As you grow Everything about the Word of God, Old Testament and New, is designed for one purpose. As a matter of fact, everything that God has done is for one purpose, so that you can know Him. You had to be born again. He had to put a new spirit in you. He had to take out that spirit that was dead and separated from Him. Why? So that the mighty Holy Spirit could come dwell in you so that you could know Him. So that you can see the word of God. It could be opened up to you so that he can lead you and guide you in the word. Eternal life is knowing God. Prosperity is not money. Man, there's a lot of people in this earth that have a lot of money. 
but they have no life. And for this little vapor of their life, they might have some things. But even down here, they're never going to experience true peace without Him. See, prosperity is knowing Him. What's healing? Is healing when your body is well. Healing is knowing Him as your healer. What is true deliverance? It's knowing God as your deliverer. This is, this is so important that we get this. So let's keep going with this. If you go to 1 John, jump over to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. Hallelujah. We're going to look at about, let's look at verse 11. First John chapter 5, verse 11, says something wonderful. It says, and this is the record that God hath, past tense, given to us eternal life. Look at what it says. And this life is in his Son. It's only found in the Son. Didn't John chapter 1 say, in Jesus was life. And that life was the light or the development of men. Well now, 1 John is telling us the same thing. God has given us eternal life, which is the ability now to know him. Isn't that amazing? You hear so many times from preachers, well, you just never know what God's going to do. Wait a minute. No, no, no. No, everything about God is that he wants you to know him. All about him. It's funny, in the Old Testament, he was called Jehovah, which literally the word Jehovah means the self-existent one, right? Who always reveals himself. What God loves doing is telling us and showing us who he is. Because that is eternal life. That's what gives us the victory. Have you noticed? If you're beaten up today and you're really depressed or going through some things, what's wrong, the core of that, is your eyes are on yourself or your circumstances instead of him. And if you'll make that change... And here's the key. You don't have to know how to make the change. You have to just be willing and then be obedient to what he leads you. The Holy Spirit will lead you on what to do in every situation. Isn't that good news? God, have you noticed that God never jumps all over you, gets down on you for a mess? No, he's always talking to you about get your eyes on me and come on, let's go. Right? Because Jesus already paid the price. Yes, he did. So it says here, and this is the record, that God has given unto us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Verse 12, he that hath the Son hath life. If you have the Son today, you have life. See, good people don't go to heaven, and bad people don't go to hell. You don't go to heaven or hell because of your behavior. You go to heaven or hell because you choose, and it's because of your nature. The only reason why I'm accepted by God and have been made his very righteousness, I just simply believed what he said. And I was made the very righteousness of God, the Bible tells me, through faith, through the fact that I just believed him. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it, right? Yeah. Come on. 
So here's the thing. If you really study out, does God send people to hell? No. He honors their decision to go there, but he will work on them and, and try to woo them their whole lives to give their life to him so that they could experience life. Romans defines being in Christ as his spirit lives in me. See, the Holy Spirit can't live in me if I'm not made brand new. So he puts a new spirit in me, 2 Corinthians 5, right? Old things are passed away. That old spirit man that I was is gone forever. And now everything is brand new and everything's of God. And he dwells in me. He'll be there forever. And now I'm in Christ if the spirit of God dwells in me. Well, eternal life is in his son. This is huge that you know this. I know this sounds so elementary, but you've got to renew your mind to this because it'll change everything. You will, as I say so many times, as the Lord told me that I, what I needed to do in my life years ago, and reminds me of that probably every day, is that I need to get over myself. This will help you get over yourself. Boy, I'll tell you, you could say eternal life is knowing God because I finally get over myself right? He that has the Son has life. He that hath not the Son has not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know you have eternal life. You must believe on the name of the Son of God. God wants you to know that you have eternal life. See, why do Christians, they just live their own life and do their own thing? Because they're not conscious that they possess eternal life. In, in the Old Testament, it says, happy is the man that finds wisdom. And we read over that. Well, what is wisdom? See, wisdom is what flows out of the word. The wisdom of God, it's not of this world. It enables you to apply God's word to whatever you're facing to walk in the victory that he's already provided for you. Well, happy is the man that finds wisdom. This word happy is really funny, in the, or it's really interesting. In the Old Testament, Hebrew words had sister connecting words. And the connecting word for happy is growth which you're like, okay, that seems a little odd unless you study it out. The only way a person could ever possibly truly experience true happiness in life is if they're growing spiritually. What does that mean to grow spiritually? You're growing in your knowledge of who God is. Not intellectual knowledge, we're talking revelation knowledge, where it literally fuses with every fiber of your being and changes everything about you. See, what the Holy Spirit does is he's on the inside of you, will reveal the word of God for the purpose of you knowing him, and as you peer into God who is irresistible, now it literally pulls out on the outside of you who you really are on the inside. I remember years ago when the Lord said, Tony, I can't wait until you meet yourself. Because I thought I was worthless, full, I was full of pride, trying to figure things out on my own. Oh, I love the Lord. Then I learned later, well, I had warm fuzzies about him. Who I really loved was me, right? 
But oh, when you start giving that up, and you get, see what happens as you get to know him, blind spots fall off of you. You know what a blind spot is, right? It's something that you don't see. And so many Christians have all these blind spots. They don't know, and, and, and the reason why is because they don't know God. But as you get to know him, you'll trust him, which will produce rest in your life. You no longer are trying to be something. You realize you already are something in him. And now you're in a position when you realize, listen, it's not a matter of me attaining. I already have attained the moment I got saved. And now if I'll just walk and follow his lead, he's going to mold me into the man of God or woman of God that I'm to be. And I'll walk out my course in this life in joy, in peace, overcoming some obstacles in life, but overcoming them in him. And all of a sudden, I'll walk and be fulfilled. Here's the big thing, inner turmoil. Man, I'm telling you, inner turmoil in your own life will ruin your relationship with your kids. Because inner turmoil within yourself, there's things you know you're not right. It causes interpersonal conflict. It's the root of every problem in every marriage. And, and, and all the women are going, wait a minute, I thought the problem was my husband. <laughs> And all the men are going, well, no, no, I thought, I thought my problem was my wife. No, no, no. No, your problem is this. You just got your eyes off Jesus. That's it. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you might know that you have eternal life. You have, as a child of God right now, eternal life. You have him because you're in the Son. He's in you. So don't put up with things. Don't put up with poverty and lack. Don't put up with sickness, disease, pain, weakness. Don't put up with anxiety. Definitely don't put up with fear because that has no part in you. Don't put up with depression don't, don't put up with shame and guilt and condemnation because you have been given eternal life, the very life of God. And because you possess that, you are to walk as Jesus walked. We believe, see, if you don't like something in your, in your life, take the name of Jesus and change it. Right? That's, what, that's how we live as Christians that you may know that you have eternal life, and again, he says it again, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. In other words, a big part of believing on the name of the Son of God, it says it right here, you gotta know and have revelation knowledge that you have eternal life. So let's look at this. Go back to John chapter 10. John chapter 10, the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 10. You've probably heard of this scripture a few times. John chapter 10 in verse 10 says this. It says, the thief, talking about Satan, he comes not but for to, and let's read it right, he doesn't come to steal, kill, and destroy. Three things that he does. 
No, he comes for, but for to steal. That's his number one step. And to kill and to destroy. In the Old Testament, he was called Apollyon. He was called the destroyer. All roads lead with him to death. But in order to kill and destroy things in your life, he has got to steal something from you. He's got to steal the word of God from you. The Bible says in the parable of the sower that thorny ground is ground that whenever pressure comes because of the word, immediately what happens, there's no moisture in the word that was sown in the person's heart. Why is there no moisture? Because I stopped watering it. See, a lot of Christians are trying to live their Christian life. They come to church once in a while and they never read the word and they don't have a relationship. the, The word that's in them is there's no moisture, it can't grow, it can't germinate. That's, that's their whole problem. Now, it'll come out in a lot of problems. We have all these sin habits, I'm upset, I'm depressed, all this stuff, but the, at the end of the day, we just stopped watering the word. That's it. So don't let Satan beat you up about all the symptoms. Go back to the source and start watering the word. Because when you don't water the word, this is why you, you come. You come to church, you listen to messages, you read the Bible every day, you study the Word, you meditate in it only two times a day, day and night. In other words, all the time. I keep it. Why? Because it's life, it's health, it's medicine, it's all these things. But now, if I don't water the Word, Mark chapter 4, this parable of the sower says, he can steal it out of my heart. What? You mean Satan can come into my spirit and rip the word out? Nope, he can't touch your spirit. But this is what he does. He makes you doubt the word. Here, I don't want to give up my water bottle. I'm going to think outside the box. So let's say this is, get that outside the box, that's good. So this is the word. So I'm keeping the word, but I don't water it. So what happens, he steals it by making me doubt it. My eyes are not on the word, they're on my circumstances, and what I'm believing him for that he already said he gave me, what do I do? I relax and let it go. I just doubt it. That's how he steals it. Once he steals the word, if he can get your eyes off the word, he can separate you from the ability to walk in faith and now you can't receive anything from God. You'll start forgetting who you are. You'll start thinking that what you're facing is bigger than who God is. And you'll start getting crazy thoughts like, well, maybe God's teaching me something in this. When all the time the word screams, God's going, no, no, no. I teach my children through my word. That's how I teach them. I don't use circumstances to teach them. The enemy does that to try to steal and kill. So if he can steal the word from you, then he can kill and destroy things. Now, here's the good news. Let's say the enemy has killed and destroyed some things in your life. Well, Romans 4 says God is the God who brings dead things back to life. Praise God. Have you ever killed some things by your own stupidity? Or am I just preaching to myself today? right? He'll bring it back to life. And he calls those things which be not as though they are. That's who God is. 
So this is good news. But Jesus says, I am come. This is the dividing line of the Bible for you. This will tell you what is, what is attacking you. Is, it, is, is, God, is, is, is God doing this in my life or is Satan doing it? Well, the enemy, is it stealing from you? Is it killing or is it destroying? That's never God. So God doesn't put sickness on somebody to try to teach them something or draw them closer to him. That's foolishness. Preachers that preach that, notice they never quote scriptures. Why? Because there is none. We, in, in our depth of knowledge of the word, we call that not scriptural. For something to be scriptural, what do you have to have? Scripture. So if somebody ever tells you that, what do you ask them? Okay, could you show me where that is in the Bible? Because you might be able to help them once they realize that they, it's not in the Bible. Right? So, so the enemy's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. What did Jesus say? But I am come that they might have zoe, life. Jesus came to this earth to give you and I life. He did that by giving up his life. It was the great exchange and redemption. All of your sin was condemned in his body on that cross. He was made sick so that you could be healed. He was made poor so that you could have a full and abundant supply. I've come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So now we see Jesus. He's life. Light comes out. It develops me. Right? All of these things so now, that's great, Pastor, but how do I walk into it? How do I follow that? How can I walk that out in my life? Right? That was a great question. I'm so glad you asked me that question. So let's go to Romans chapter 8, because we need the mighty Holy Spirit. Oh, God came up with the plan. You're going to Romans 8, 14. God came up. God the Father came up with the plan of salvation Jesus, his son, carried out the plan, but we need the Holy Spirit, who is God. They are the three who are one, right? The Trinity. We need the Holy Spirit to reveal the plan. Well, the plan, he reveals the word of God. In Romans chapter 8, in verse 14, let me find it. Romans chapter 8, in verse 14. It says, for as many... As are led by the Spirit of God, what does it say? They are the sons of God. As many as are led. And in that word led, it's the Greek word, word ago. It literally was a farming term where a farmer would tie a rope around an animal and lead them. That's exactly the way the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will never drive you to do anything. He will always lead you. He'll never make you do anything. Who, who, make, who tries to make you do things? Who drives you? That's the enemy. That's the destroyer. God will always lead you. And so if you're trying to go this way, but God's wanting you to go that way because that's where your path is, if you keep trying to go this way, you're going to feel a tug down on the inside of you. Everything within you is going to be going, this just doesn't feel right. See, as a Christian, I don't have fear. 
So I'm not afraid of failure. Why am I not afraid to fail? Because I'm a child of God. I've already won. Well, what if you fail at something? It's impossible. Because I've already won. So let's say I step out and I do something stupid and I, what the world would say, fail. Well, I repent of that. And guess what? God will take me right back if I submit my life to him and I follow his lead. He'll get me right back in the same thing and I'll be able to win. In other words, the game's not over. Well, I guess I should say this right. Actually, the game is over and I've already won. Unless Jesus was lying. I don't think he was on the cross. He didn't say it's about to be finished. Right? No, he didn't say that. He said it is finished. And when he says it is finished, that means Satan's finished. We've already, we've already won. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, whoever's born of God overcomes the world system, right? This is the victory that overcomes the world. It's our faith. It's the fact that we believe what he said. So Romans 8, 14 now, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So we find out that in our life as a child of God, the Holy Spirit will guide us. In verse 16, it talks about how he guides us. The Spirit, it says itself, but he's, it, it literally, in the Greek, it's the Spirit himself bears witness with our, what, Spirit, that we are the sons of God. The Holy Spirit doesn't ever talk to your mind. He always talks to your spirit. Satan can't talk to your spirit. He can only talk to your mind. Yeah, but, but it sure, it, how do I know whether it's me or whether it's God? See, because this sounds like me. Well, the reason why it sounds like you is because the Holy Spirit in your spirit is talking to your spirit. And then your spirit communicates that to your mind, so it sounds like you. Well, how in the world am I going to know if it sounds like me? Well, the Bible says the Word is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, the Word of God will tell me if it's me or if it's the Holy Spirit's leading. Again, the Word does that. So if I'm not in the Word, I will not know. Does that make sense? Have you ever tried to change the direction of your car when you're not moving? You could turn the wheel all you want. You're not going to ever move. But if you start moving and doing something, then if you turn that wheel just a little bit, you'll start going in that direction. So this is why God's word tells us, I haven't given you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind, because he'll always have you moving. So I'm not afraid to start moving. So if, I, I, if, I, if all of a sudden I'm, I'm thinking about something and some desires are coming up in my heart, I start moving in relation to this. If it's wrong, if I'm full of the word and I've got my eyes on Jesus, I'll know. I'll be like, oh, no, that's not right. Paul said this, I tried to come to you, but oh, the Spirit of God constrained me, right? I, I mean, you see it in Paul's life. He's moving, but the Holy Spirit would move him. And so don't be afraid to miss it. Just move. How do you move? Meditate in the Word day and night. Trust Him for revelation, because what will happen is light will come out of the Word of God, and it'll show you where to go. And as you take that step, even in the midst of chaos on the outside, there will be a peace on the inside. So now, let's talk about this again. 
In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So now go to Proverbs chapter 20 in verse 27. So Proverbs chapter 20 in verse 27, it's t- we're talking about being led by the Spirit of God. It says, the Spirit of man, your spirit, is the candle, or in, in the Hebrew language it, w- it could be rendered lamp of the Lord. Right? Remember, you're his. Searching all the inward parts of the belly. In other words, God will illuminate your spirit man to lead you. In other words, God will lead you by your spirit. Okay, does that make sense? This is a big scripture, Proverbs 20, 27. So now keeping that in mind, that whoever's the son of God, a mature believer, is going to be led by the spirit of God. He's going to lead you by your spirit. Your spirit, how, how does your spirit get lit like a lamp? Because the revelation of the word of God is opened on the inside of your spirit, man, by the Holy Spirit, and it illuminates you. I'm telling you, as you walk through life full of the word, people will be like, there is something about you. What it is, it's the light and life of God's word. It permeates out of you. I've had people tell me before, when you walk in this place, everything changes. Well, is that because Tony Finley's anything? Absolutely not. It's the Word. Your Father will leave a fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere you go if you'll put Him first. It's wonderful. It's just a wonderful thing. So let's, let's go over, let's go to that scripture that Ryan read that went off in my heart. John 16, verse 13. Actually, let's start in verse 11. John chapter 16. No, let's start in verse 13. John 16, 13. This is a work in progress. Whatever. You guys are laughing at me. That's all right. I laugh at myself all the time. It's all good. John chapter 16, verse 13. This is huge. This is such a simple scripture that very few Christians know anything about. But we're going to know all about it today. It's so simple. How be it, it says in John 16, 13, when he, the spirit of truth, is come. Now, what is truth? That's a big question, right? The world will say truth is whatever you decide it to be. But that's not what God says. I'm going to side with him. Truth is not of this world. John 17, 17 says this, thy word is truth. It's not subject to change. Truth never changes. Do you ever notice you'll get updates for your iPhone, right? But you don't get any updates for this. There's no Bible 2.1, right? A million years from now, guess what? It won't change. His word is not subject to change ever. It's truth. So how be it when the spirit of truth is come? So the Holy Spirit is called the spirit of truth. It says he will guide you into all truth. Or in other words, he will guide you into the word. For he shall not speak of himself himself. 
But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So the Holy Spirit will guide me into the Word of God for the purpose of showing me my future, things to come. So this is very important that you know how this works. So what happens is I have this symptom in my body and I have this condition and I go to a doctor and thank God for doctors because they diagnose and they, they show me on an MRI or show me on a blood panel or something that I've got something going on in my body that, is, that could hurt me, right? So I see that. So what I do is I now, I go to the Word of God because I'm a believer, guess what? The Holy Spirit's going to be leading me to go to the Word of God because He needs to guide me into all the truth of the Word in relation to what I have going on in my body because that, according to God's Word, although it might be a fact, it might be very real, and I'm not denying that it's real or that it's a fact, it's outside the realm of truth so it has no legal right in my body. But I need to know that. Otherwise, I can't believe God for anything because I don't know. So the Holy Spirit will guide me. And all of a sudden, I'm reading Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. And I find out that Jesus Christ redeemed me from the curse of the law because he was made a curse for me. And then the Holy Spirit will say, yeah, and so now let's, let, let me lead you over to Deuteronomy chapter 28. So I look at Deuteronomy 28 and I start reading verse 16 and I keep reading and then all of a sudden I find out that the curse of the law included all kinds of manner of sickness and disease and I keep looking at it, and then in verse 61 of Deuteronomy 28, I find out that it includes all sickness and disease that will ever come on the earth. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Jesus, past tense, redeemed me. He bought me out of the curse of sickness and disease. So I'm getting pretty excited. So I start meditating in that. And then he takes me over to, to Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, and I find out, that surely he bore my sickness and carried my pain, and with his stripes I'm healed. And then he'll lead me over to 1 Peter 2.24, which says, by whose stripes, looking back to the cross, I was healed. So I'm, I'm meditating in these scriptures, which means I'm muttering them over and over and over. And while I'm doing that, the word is getting in my heart now. The word that is full of life and power is getting in my heart. But I need it to be revealed to me. Okay? So now, as I'm doing this, then I see over in Matthew 8, 17, that they brought him all the sick and diseased, demon-possessed, and it says, and they healed them all, and he healed them all that it might be fulfilled. And then as I meditate, the Holy Spirit shows me in the Greek language, it says, 
Literally, that the fulfilling might begin as, I, as it was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. And then it tells me in Matthew 8, 17, it says, Jesus himself bore my sickness and carried my pain. Well, I mean, I don't know about you right now. I'm getting a goosebumps on top of goosebumps. Because why? I'm getting revelation. So now, down on the inside of me, I'm sitting here going, wow, I don't have to be sick. This, this, this disease has to leave my body, be, not because of me, but because of what Jesus did. He already bore it. So what's happening, see, and as I keep meditating on it, the Holy Spirit will open it. The Bible says the entrance of his word or the opening of his word, right? What is that? Psalm 119, verse 130. The opening, when, when who opens the word? Only the Holy Spirit can open it. But when he opens the word, massive light comes out. And, it, and revelation, and now it goes from I'm healed to, oh my gosh, I'm healed. Not, not, not going to be, I am. I was healed, wow, I was healed hundreds and hundreds, over a thousand years, almost 2,000 years before I was even born. So see, the opening, when, when the Holy Spirit opens this word, the light comes out and it illuminates my spirit, which now my spirit is being led by the Holy Spirit into the Word. He's guiding me into the Word for the purpose of showing me things to come. What do you mean things to come? When I get revelation, I realize, oh my gosh, I see myself, I see my future. This is not going to get worse. I'm going to see this. I already see it. I'm healed. This is going to get better. This isn't going to take me out. See, do you see how the Holy Spirit is guiding me into the Word to show me something to come? I believe I receive, the Bible says, and you'll have. Do you see that? So this is very important. If I need finances, the Holy Spirit will start leading me and guiding me. Now this is what super spiritual people do. They, they have, they're a mess because they have 25 blind spots in their life because they're their God, even though they're born again. At one point, they, they yielded to God. They became born again, but they're living completely for themselves. They don't listen to anybody, right? They don't have a pastor. They're, they're, Jesus is not their shepherd. They live totally for themselves, and they, they go to meeting after meeting that will itch their ears and, uh, to, so they could hear what they hear. They, and, and really, you can go to all these meetings sitting in your living room now, and listen to whatever teaching you want to hear, and you'll listen to stuff, and, and, and all of a sudden, you'll start, you'll start really getting into the pre-Adamic race and all this stuff, when all the time, you're about to die of sickness and disease. And you're wondering, and, you, and, and here's the thing, your head starts getting puffed up because I'm so spiritual. But the reality of it is there's no revelation coming from it because the Holy Spirit's wanting to teach you about healing or your finances. But oh, if you'll yield to him, if you're just willing and obedient, get over yourself, keep your eyes on Jesus, he'll start showing you, wait a minute, Philippians, my God will meet all of my needs. And as I meditate on these scriptures, he guides me into the truth of them. It shows me my future. 
I'm coming out. Wow. As a matter of fact, while I'm sitting in my home with this pile of bills covering my table and not any money, I'm starting to get happy. Because I'm like, wow, I'm prosperous. Not going to be, I already am. And when I walk in a revelation of that, now what happens is I'm like, I take all the bills and I'm like, oh my gosh, give me all these bills. Okay, God, here, you have mail. And you give it to them and you walk around thanking them. You walk around thanking them. I call these bills paid. And now the Holy Spirit will start leading me. Maybe I have to go, do, go work a job or maybe I sell something. But see, if you're fully yourself, the Lord might have you sell your car and ride the bus and this is where everything goes awry. Well, now wait a minute. I'm not riding the bus. Really? So now we see the problem. Your problem's not money. Your problem's pride. I'm not going to go work at McDonald's. I'm not going to be a janitor. I'm not going right, to... Be careful. No, no, no. You won't have to do it for long. We had somebody in our church for years. It's, it's uh, still great friends with them, and they live in another place. And he would always come up to me almost every week. You know, the Lord's dealing with them on tithing. And he was just always asking questions. Well, you know, if I, if I tithe, I won't have the money to pay my bills. Pastor, what should I do? And I'm like, I'm not the Holy Spirit. I can't tell you. You've got to be led by the Spirit on what to do. And, and you know, I, I'm, I'm sitting there laughing because I'm like, man, I've been there. We've all been there. You know exactly what to do. You just don't want to do it. Right? The answer to that is start meditating in the Word. So finally, he figured out. After about a month, he's like, like he has me. So, Pastor what would you do? <laughs> so I'm like, oh, that's really simple. I said, you know, if you got really hungry late at night, you go to a McDonald's, you'd probably see me, or if you went to Walmart, you'd probably see me cleaning floors. And, and he's like, no. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'd go get a second job to make enough money so I could make sure I could honor God in my finances. And then I looked at him and I said, however, you wouldn't see me there very long. Why? Because he's my increase. Don't be afraid of anything. Be willing and obedient. Do you know there's people that silly things are stopping incredible things from happening in their life? The Holy Spirit will guide you into all the truth. So let's look at that scripture. Go to Psalm 119, verse 130. You guys doing okay? All right, praise God. Hallelujah. What are we talking about? This is Jesus. This is who he is. He's the provider this Christmas season. He's the provider. He's the one of increase. See, he wants to show you that 2020 is going to be a lot better than 2019 in every arena. Your marriage is going to be better. Your relationship with your children will be better. Your ministry is going to be more productive, right? Your finances are going to increase. Your health is going to increase. That's what he will show you if you let him guide you into all the truth. See, in this verse 130, it says, the entrance of thy words. That Hebrew word means the opening of thy words gives light. 
It gives understanding, the King James translator was so nice, to the simple. You know what that Hebrew word means? It means stupid. I love it. I've, I've been stupid. But I'm not stupid anymore. Now, I will admit, every once in a while, I'll be stupid. But praise God, I could change that right away and not be stupid. But if you keep being stupid, you'll sit here and go, I'm going to do the same thing in 2020 as I did in 2019, but I'm going to expect different results. That's, that's stupid, right? So don't be, maybe the title of this sermon should be Don't Be Stupid, but we won't do that. So, hallelujah. So let's jump back. You're in Psalm 119. Look at this. See what happens when the word is open to you now. It illuminates your spirit, man. The Holy Spirit is leading you by your spirit. It lights, the light goes off in your spirit. And then this is when this happens. Psalm 119, verse 105. His word is a lamp to my feet. And it, it, tells, it shows me where I'm at. See, i got to tell you guys, if the light of the word is not showing you where you're at, the enemy was always wanting to show you where you're at. The problem is, he will make it a lot worse than it really is. Because for you as a Christian... You already are victorious, and he'll show you that you've messed up for the last time, and there's no hope for you, and all of it's a lie. He'll make the little anthill to God look like Mount Everest because you compare everything that you're facing with you. But with you, you're not enough, but with God, you're more than enough. So literally, it'll be a lamp to your feet. It'll show you really, you'll see things as they really are, not as they seem. And it'll, light, it'll be a light to your path. It'll start to show you where to move. So this is why if you ever come to me and, and tell me that God told me to go do this, this is the question you're going to hear from me. It's the same question the Lord asked me, and I had no answer for him. What two to three scriptures is exploding in your heart that is leading you to do this? And most believers start backing up because, no, this was just my idea and I'm just playing church and I'm being led by my feelings and I just feel like I should do this. That's no way to live. Right? There will be scriptures that he will guide you in to lead you in everything. The Holy Spirit leads you and guides you into the Word in order to show you your future. Always. Always. But now here is the key. So go to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. All of it. Not part of it. See, most people live like I lived. I need you for the big things, but I got this other stuff. 
But in reality, what that will lead you to is just doing what you want to do. But doing what you, see, if you decide to say what you want and do what you want and eat what you want and go where you want, look out. That will lead you down because your flesh will lead you always into death, but the Lord will always lead you into life. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, but what's really cool about that is you can't trust him if you don't know him, and that's why he will spend all his time He'll spend all his time getting you to know him, if you'll let him. Yeah, but you don't understand how busy I am. Stupid. Because if you're too busy to put God first, that you're cutting yourself off from the source. Wisdom will lengthen your day. The Holy Spirit is the greatest time manager of everything. And you have the time right now in whatever schedule you have to put him first. You do. Always. If you'll just submit to him, but you won't submit to someone who you don't know. Here's the thing. Just start feeding on the word. Take all the pressure off yourself. Forget all the mess you're in. Forget all the stupid things you've done. God doesn't care. I remember when the Lord said this to me. He said, Tony, wow. I don't care where you've been. I don't even really care where you are. My question, though, is, will you forget all of that, and will you go from here with me? Because we've got, I've got a great plan for your life. Could it be that simple? It is. It is. Because God's not mad at you today. When he looks at you, see, he sees you in Christ. Do you know why? Because you are. Do you know he remembers your sins no more? you know why? Because there's nothing to remember. He condemned it all in the body of Jesus 2,000 years ago. What? And when you see that, it not only will not give you a license to sin, it'll cause you to fall in love with him and walk holy before him because you'll be drawing from his strength and his grace. It's wonderful. Lean not into your own understanding. Don't rely on your own mind's conclusions, but in all thy ways, in every one of them, acknowledge or consider him, and now you're in a position for him to direct your paths. He'll direct them. He'll tell you what to say. He'll tell you where to go. Well, wait a minute. Do I lose my identity? Well, now wait a minute. The Holy Spirit, who is God, only says what he hears. We're, we're made to walk with God. Isn't that cool? I, I just think that's the coolest thing. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. What does the word say? What does the word say about this? I'm mad at my wife. I'm mad at my husband. What does the word say about that? Well, the word says I could be mad all day and don't let the sun go down on my anger. Well, no, no, you better, you better, you're not seeing that one right. No, 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 no. A Christian is never to let the sun go down on their anger. What that's talking about is we are always to be mad at Satan. But you don't have an all-day thing to work it out with your wife or your husband. 
You're to walk in love and forgive right now. At 1140. Right? I love that. But in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. That's what God wants for you this season. This is such a busy season in people's lives. But guess what? January is going to be probably one of the busiest months of your life. And then, oh my gosh, February is going to be really busy and crazy. I mean, I remember when I was, was in the corporate world, and you know, I, I had 63 salesmen nationwide that I had to oversee. People would ask me what I did. I said, I run a daycare. 63 ex-athletes with egos out the world, and all they want to do is play golf. You know, and, and, and I'm living in Southern California, which is kind of fast-paced, and then we went to Oklahoma, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, to go to Bible school. Surely our life would have slowed down, but it didn't. It's crazy busy. Then we decided to move to Iowa because we had two kids. Surely in small-town Iowa, your life will get simpler and easier. It's still massive chaos. Guys, it's, you're never going to reach a point where it's going to not be busy. So the key, though, is you can today make a decision to put Jesus first in your life which means that his word is first in your life. And take all the pressure off of yourself, get rid of all the mistakes you've made or even think you've made, that none of that is the problem. Just get your eyes on Jesus and let him do what he does. And he will lead you and guide you into all the truth. It will produce over time peace, joy, all of these things are there for you. And lastly, I'll just close with this. There's some people here that might be thinking, well, you don't understand what I've done. God, none of it caught God off guard. There is nothing that you could ever do. There's no act of disobedience. There's no criminal record. There's no financial situation. There is no health issue. There's no age limitation to anything that can compare to the mercy and grace of God. God has life for you. I don't care how old you are, that if you've blown the last 50 years, 70 years, you can still finish your course. Proverbs 11.31 is still true. The righteous will be repaid in the earth. Make Satan pay back everything he's stolen from you. It'll be fun to watch. Amen.